welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person, and we're able to help transform the life of one person and it develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to, you know, to be used at this time and this hour. But recently, there were some things that, you know, began to happen, address a little bit. Just this week, I was, I have two things on my mind, news report, and there's this old man, very ugly man, you, you know, and he has this young girl that is his girlfriend, but he has a wife and three children, he's not even divorced, are you with me? And he was overheard telling his girlfriend that she, he wasn't happy that she invite black people to his business. He, what kind of business does he have? He owns a basketball team. All the people who work for him and play for him mostly are black people. His fans, the people who make him rich. And you know what? His girlfriend is young enough to be his grandchild and she is half black. Now, it made me begin to think, what kind of society are we where a man who has so much influence in society, who is married with children, can have the audacity, not to say what he said, but to come out in public and sit with a woman that is not his wife, and be on TV and everybody knows that his girlfriend and the society is not revolted at that. But what is the society revolted at? They're revolted at a private conversation that he had with that girlfriend. Huh? People are offended. How could he say that about people of another race? I don't care what he says about anybody. I care that you in this society can see a grandfather sitting with a girl his grandchild's age you know he is married with three grown children and he can even sit in the front row in tv and you the people of this society are not even ashamed to identify with him you deserve what you get from such people so i want to talk a little bit about racism i want us to talk about it from the word of God. And there's some scriptures. There's some scriptures. I am going to share with us this morning. And if you have your pen and paper. I want you to take this down. I want you to write down these scriptures. First of all. In the Old Testament. I want you to start with Genesis chapter 6. Verse 1 to 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 1 to 6. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 1 to 16. I'll repeat my Old Testament scriptures. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1 to 6. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1 to 16. And in the New Testament, Acts 
chapter 17, verse 22 to 31. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23 to 28. I'll repeat the New Testament scripture. Acts chapter 17, verse 22 to 31. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23 to 28. Let's start with Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Brother, can you read for me Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 7? Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Amen. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not only strive with men, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and their bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And he grieved him at his heart. Thank you. This is the first place in the scripture we begin to see God have some kind of distaste for intermarriage between two different kinds of people. Yeah. Now the Bible says that the sons of God saw what? The daughters of men. Now. You go to 9 out of 10 churches, they will tell you, the angels came from the sky, they saw beautiful women, and they married them. Where did you get that interpretation from? I don't know, my pastor said so. Where did he get it from? I don't know, his pastor must have told him. But when you go into the Bible, the Bible says Adam and Eve had two sons, named Cain and Abel. The Bible says Cain slew Abel, and God gave Adam and Eve another son, called Seth. Then the Bible begins to give you the generation of the children of Cain. What They were so wicked that one of them, when he killed a man, he went back to his wives and celebrated and said, look, I killed a man. And if Adam, if sorry, if, if Cain will be forgiven, I will be forgiven even more by God. So they were what? Wicked. It was a generation of people that were wicked. And the Bible says, after this, God gave Adam and Eve a son called Seth. And he, Seth, gave birth to children. And the Bible says, then at this time, from this family, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So there were two families on earth. The family of Seth and the family of of Cain and the family of Seth were the children of God and the family of Cain were of the seed of the wicked one so now the children of God saw the children of Cain and said they're human beings just like us and look they're beautiful and so they married them but they came from a descent that didn't have much knowledge or regard of God. They were human beings just like you. They look just like you. They walk just like you. They talk just like you. They eat what you eat. They eat what I eat. They drink what you drink. They drink what I drink. But they are not of the seed of God. Why? So God says, I will not always what strive with man. So who was he having a problem with? Was it angels? No. He said he will no longer strive. To strive means to try to change you, to try to correct you, to try to stop you from doing something. The sons of God were men. And I'm going to share with you the only difference that God saw between the sons of Cain and the sons of Seth was that one group loved God, called upon God, and the other did not. There are only two races to this day on the earth. Those who love God and those who don't. There is no black race, white race, red race, yellow race. There is no such thing. Yeah. These are 
wicked creations made by men and women of wickedness for all manner of political, economic, religious, and all manner of biased reasons. And it has brought pain and wickedness and hurt and war and torment to this earth. And God raised a church that a church might speak to these wicked things and not ignore it and act as though it does not exist. Now, we turn to the New Testament. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 to 7. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 to 7. I'll read. And in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Greeks against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reasonable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Okay, I just wanted to put the plug in for them. But it's telling you that there was a schism, there was a problem, and the Hebrew women and the Greek women had a problem. So you see, the apostles didn't say to themselves, oh, when, when they mentioned the problem, the apostles didn't say, oh, let's not talk about it. So it says, verse 1, chapter, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 says, And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a what? murmuring of the Greeks against the Hebrews. So in the church, huh, there were some people of a particular nationality and there were others of a different nationality. And some of them began to feel they were being discriminated again. Is that what he's saying? Did the apostles say, let's not talk about this? No! They addressed the matter. They spoke to it. But we live in a society today where the church doesn't address all of these things. Huh? When the Nigerians start church, all the Nigerians go to that church. And even the Nigerians themselves, they dichotomize themselves. They have the Yoruba church, then they have the Igbo. Is that so? They have the white church, they have the Hispanic church, they have the Korean church, they have the black church. Is that so? You think that is God? You think God is in that? No. But it works beautifully. For those who want to create a business with church. Huh? Because I, I, I'm a businessman. And one of the things we learned was something called market segmentation. You look for particular demographics. You look for certain people. Huh? You say, this is the market I want to work with. I want to work with people who only make income of $30,000 a year to $50,000 a year. I only want to work with females. And sell my products to them. Is that not so? Let's say you sell hair products. Huh? You don't think you make more money if you sell to ladies than if you sell to men? Exactly. How, how would you like to, how successful do you think your business would be if you make shaving cream and you market to women? Huh? How many women have beards? Exactly. So they have used those same concepts from the world and brought it into the gospel. And you are in church, but you don't know you're a consumer. You're, you're suddenly being sold and you are entertained. They have beautiful music to entertain you and make you feel happy. But your life stays the same. No change. Why? Because the only thing that can change you is the Spirit of God. Amen. Nothing wrong with music. Music is beautiful. Amen. Nothing wrong with music is great. Huh? Nothing not wrong with joking. It's good to joke. Okay? But when... You are in a ministry because they have beautiful guitars and music and violin and all that. And the pastor is very funny. You are rubbing yourself because the purpose for which you are there is to obtain a spiritual impartation. Something from God to you. Praise God. That's the purpose for which you are there. So uh, if there's joking and music 
and all that as an additional benefit fantastic good take it but if there's all of those things we have 5,000 members we have all but there's no spiritual essence no spiritual essence praise God no spiritual essence then you are robbing yourself so your Bible says test the spirits to see if they are of who God huh you can only test something that is spiritual with something that is what spiritual the Bible says Comparing spiritual with spiritual. Amen. So we have seen here in Genesis 6 and here in Acts. In Genesis 6, God is angry. Why? He says, because the sons of God were marrying who? The daughters of men. And we said that the sons of God are not angels. They are men. Because the Bible right there says, God said, I will no longer continue to struggle and quarrel with man over this topic. Okay? The sons of God are a kind of men. Those who love God. Those who are the seed of God. Amen. And in the book of Acts, we saw where the church came together. And it says, in fact, I don't want to read too much meaning into it. But it seems that truly the Greeks did have a point. It seemed that they were discriminated against. Verse 1. Acts chapter 6 verse 1. It says there. It says, because their widows were neglected. Is that not what it says? It is there because they thought they were being neglected. They were being neglected. Because they were not... Hebrews, huh? They're not so. They're not so. So, we discriminate against some people in the assembly because they are not from our hometown <laughs> or whatever. You understand? And it was happening in the book of Acts. Verse 2 says, Then the twelve, that's the apostles, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reasonable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, they, this, this, this issue needs to be addressed. Amen. This issue of racism needs to be what? Addressed. They didn't say, let's just act, you know, we just act like, okay, let's start a new, let's start a new branch. We start a church over the other side of town, the, the Hebrew Christians, you go there, okay? And the Greek Christians, you go to the other side of town, you have your own church over there. Amen. They said, no, let's address this problem. Let's deal with this problem. Huh? Let's talk about it. Raise seven men whose job it is to what? Look into this matter while we attend to prayer and fast. Because there's a level you get to. Amen. You're spending your time in prayer and fasting. Is that not so? But there are other people in the church whose job it is to manage the brethren. Because there will be schisms. There will be problems. There will be people who feel left out. Right? Somebody has to look out for them. Somebody has to go out and let them understand that's okay. And somebody has a problem. Uh, uh, since my husband died, they don't regard me in church anymore. That happens. But if there's nobody to go look for this woman. No, you know what I'm saying? So she'll be all there, all on her own. Alright. So just to, just to understand that what we are doing this morning, the word we are going to this morning is, is scripture. So anybody there saying, why is he talking about race? No, it's in the Bible. So we should talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. That's your problem. But I'll talk. Now, let's look at a very funny scripture. Okay? Numbers. Go to the Old Testament now. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1 to 16. Old Testament. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. I'll read. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had what? Married, for he had married what? An Ethiopian woman. Ah, by the way, this was not had nothing to do with color. They were just different ethnic groups. Okay? It's very important I make you understand one thing. Moses and Ethiopians look the same. If not, there was no way Pharaoh's daughter could have said, It's my son. Amen. Alright. But I want you to see here that God hates discrimination based on ethnicity or race or any such thing. Verse 2. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Come out, you three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. Verse 6. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so. Who is faithful in all my house? With him will I speak mouth to mouth even apparently, and not in dark speeches, 
and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Verse 9. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against who? Them. And he departed. <laughs> See, when God is angry with you, what does he do? He departs. And you don't want God to depart because when God departs, man, the devils come for a, for a meal. Verse 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became what? Leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked unto Miriam, and behold, she was what? Leprous. Now, please, white here doesn't mean white like if you see a person who's white on the street, you say, ah, he's got leprosy. No, this is nothing to do with that, okay? This is not, nothing to do with that, all right? Now, she became leprous. This is his big sister. What God said to her was, Moses and I talk face to face. Do you think if he was about to get married, he wouldn't have asked me? For an okay? <laughs> I don't know if you guys are seeing that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get married, don't you ask God, God, is this the woman for me to marry? <laughs> don't you think Moses would just get up and get married? So God is telling them, don't you think Moses, my servant who talks to me face to face, would have gotten an okay from me before he married? But to them, she was of a different ethnic group. And so why should Moses marry her. Are you guys seeing it? Now, let me say something. This is one person this happened to, right? What do you think will happen to a whole society that does the same thing? <laughs> huh? What do you think will happen to a whole country that does the same thing? This is just a microcosm of what is coming down the pike on us. And the church needs to deliver itself from this condemnation by setting ourselves free from this sort of wickedness. Amen. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. For among all nations and amongst all people, all are accepted by him who call upon his name. Amen. It's clear. Alright. Verse 11. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee. He's calling his, el his younger brother, my Lord. Uh, his eyes are finally clear now. Alright. Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let him not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. Verse 15. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. Amen. So, do we see here how God treats discrimination? Amen. Do we see how God treats it? You still want to discriminate against somebody of a different way? You think that's cool? Huh? You still think that's cool? Why did he marry a white girl? Why did he marry a black girl? Huh? Why did he marry Yoruba? <laughs> you think that's cool? Well, you've got leprosy on its way. And what is leprosy? Leprosy means the inability to become, to be sensitive to touch. That's all it means. It simply means you lose the capacity to what? Be sensitive to the things of God. Amen. And you continue in sin and wickedness with joy and happiness. You will not even know there's anything wrong. They were angry at the man because he said to his girlfriend, Don't bring black people to my basketball game. Even though all his players were black. Even though half his fans are black. And even though his girlfriend was half black. And we're all angry. How dare he say that? But while I was reading the story, I saw that it says he is married, he has three grown children, and his girlfriend is young enough to be his granddaughter. I said, and he even comes out on TV and sits with her, and the whole society knows we were not angry at that. Now we're angry. Huh? Now we're upset. But no, if we're not careful, we're going down with him. Unless he repents, of course. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right, so let's go now to... Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 to 6 because I want us to see where the idea comes from okay that has been misinterpreted all right because you remember when Jesus saw the woman at the well the Samaritan woman he asked her to give him water to drink is that not so and the woman told Jesus how come you being a Jew asked me to give you water do you understand what you see if you don't go back into history you don't have any idea the meaning or the import of that question. Because to the Jews, 
If you drink from the same cup with a Samaritan, you became defiled. <laughs> and Jesus intentionally went where he knew the woman was coming and he saw her and said, Woman, give me to drink. And when the woman started questioning him, he said, Listen, if you knew who it was asking you for water, you'd have asked him and he would have given you water, you drink and never thirst again. So bottom line was, Jesus really didn't need her water. <laughs> he needed a relationship with her. You say, well, how, how can you say that? Well, no, he did. He wanted to have a personal relationship with her. Every single person that Jesus comes to meet, he comes to meet you for one reason. To have a personal relationship with you. And he will use anything to draw you to him. Right? He will use anything to draw you to him. Okay? And so, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1. We'll take it from 1 to, 1 to 6. I'll read. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess, to possess it, and hast cast out many nations before thee, and that, notice it's going to give you seven, the name of how many nations? Seven of them, right? These are what we call the seven abominable nations. Okay? It's important that we understand them. So, Remember, you can underline those names when I read them out to you. It will be of value to you in the years to come. The Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Okay? Seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make what? You see it again? Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from what? That's the only reason! Not because they're of a different ethnic group, but because they don't love Jesus. They don't love God. And they will turn you from me the ethiopian woman by the way the bible says her father was a priest amen when moses came out of the wilderness out of egypt and was in the wilderness and moses was trying to minister to everybody by himself her father told moses what you're doing shouldn't be this way do it like this and god agreed with what her father said. his name was what jethro amen so it's nothing to do with race or whatever or ethnicity or whatever but whether the individual or the people or the family love God and if they don't love God you shall not marry them amen verse 4 for they will turn away thy son from following me and that they may serve other gods so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly but thus shall ye deal with them you shall destroy their what altars and break down their what images and cut down their what? And burn their graven images with fire. Amen. Did he say kill them? His problem is with what? Their religion. You see that? God doesn't discriminate against anybody by race. God never cursed any race or any people. No such thing. It's a blasphemy to accuse God of cursing any person. Talk less of any people. Amen. Now. As time goes on, okay, we see that the people, of course, they fight with them, they have war, you know, they, destroy, they actually kill them physically and all that. You understand? Why? Because the people want to hold on to their religion and won't let the people move into the land, okay? But the primary thing that God has enmity with is what? Their religion. Their, the fact that they are worshipping trees and groves and stones and all these things. And God doesn't want you to be in that alright if you have any questions you know just write it down and at the end we can take a time of questions and answers amen Acts chapter 17 from verse 22 to 31 then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said ye men of Ethel I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious verse for as I passed by and beheld your devotions I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him declare unto you. Verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Verse 25. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed 
anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Verse 26. And he had made of one blood of all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Just a second. Yeah. Verse 26 is our key scripture. Angel. Who's angel? Angel, okay, heaven, heaven, let me read this scripture to you, and I want you, your little girl, I want you to tell me what you make of it, okay? I'm going to read it to you, verse 26, okay? And God has made from one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. What does that mean to you? Are you talking about when Adam? Yeah. Took Eve, God made Eve from the rib of Adam? Yes. Are you talking about that? Yes. Are you Everybody came from Adam and Eve, correct? So we're all brothers and sisters, right? Okay. Now, the reason I asked the child was because I want the adults to see how silly we are. Because if it's something a child can grasp and can understand, and can you remember, oh, but by the way, did we all come from Adam and Eve? Where did this other thing come from? Amen. Amen. Sorry. Go ahead, verse 27. Verse 27. He said that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain as or certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Verse 29. For as much as we are all the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto God or silver or stone. Driven by art and man's device. Just a second. Okay. Remember in the Old Testament we just read yeah. where God said them, listen, destroy their trees, destroy their gods, destroy their this, destroy their that. Right? Okay. So, what is he saying to us here? He's telling these people, this is New Testament, yeah. that look, he's, Paul is trying to reconcile these people to God. He's trying to tell them, listen, you don't, this other way is false. Jesus is the only way. This is the true way. That's basically what he's saying there. Sorry, go ahead. Verse 30. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Verse 31. Because he had appointed a day in the which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he had appointed a day, whereof he had given assurance unto all men, in that he had raised him from the dead. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this is the true religion. Not to worship God in trees or stones or whatever. But one of the things God told Moses that they should destroy when they entered there was something in the book of the channel called images. Is that not so? What's an image? What's an image? An image is something I do, I that... Do wash, I do. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But, you see, on one level, it is an idol. Something you can see, like a monkey, a goat, whatever. Somebody carved. But on another level, it is something in your mind that you have elevated yeah. and it takes a higher call in you than God okay yeah. and there are all kinds of images that Satan is throwing at you and I that make me and you know better yeah. than somebody who actually went to build a big statue of a donkey and say oh my god I worship you huh <laughs> and when this donkey looks at it say, doesn't the donkey's face look sad and you start feeling sad the god of donkeys unhappy with me that also so Anytime your maybe it's a football team, your football team loses. It's just a game, right? It's just a game. Is that not so? But it has turned into a god. Maybe it's your child, your only child, whom you love so much. Everything about your life is for what that child. If the child has a small temperature, it's like the world is about to end. Is that what God did to Abraham? He said, "Bring me your child." Your only child, whom you love so much. I mean, God really made it hard for Abraham, didn't he? Why did he just give me your child, your only child? Or just give me your child. He says, give me your child, one. Your only child, two. Whom you love. It's like God is reminding him how precious. I mean, <laughs> it's like God is not making it easy for this guy. Amen. Why? Because this was an image. He had lived almost 100 years with no child. And now he has the child. And God says, would you give it up 
for me? And I'm sure Abraham must have said a few years earlier, of course, God. That one day God said, okay, prove it. Are you with me? And so the Bible says, you and I are children of Abraham if we have the same faith of who? Abraham. My question to you is, what image have you given up? What has it cost you to be a Christian? In fact, nowadays, it's even a good job description. If you are looking for a job and the, your manager knows you're a Christian, he knows you're not going to steal their money. Huh? So what has it cost you to be a Christian? Ask yourself, what, what, does, what does it cost you to be a Christian? Well, if there's no price, if there's no price, have you met somebody you want to marry and the person is not a serious, is a Christian or she's a Christian, but they're not serious with God? And you say, let's just manage it that way and I believe God will make him better as time goes on. It never works, does it? No. It never works. It never works. Do you understand? These are images. Or you meet somebody who says, I believe in God. I go to church. But you ask her, where did you become a Christian? She says, I was born a Christian. Right there, you know you don't have a Christian. Nobody is born a Christian. At some point in your life, you have to recognize that there's something about your life that is incomplete. And that that void needs to be filled. And when you pray to God, God reveals Jesus to you. And you ask him into your life and things begin to become better and move you towards a perfect day. Amen. Amen. Alright. Alright. Another scripture we said was um, Galatians chapter 3 verse 23 to 28. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 verse 23 to 28. Very brother. But before faith came, you were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Verse 24. Therefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Verse 25. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. But for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ. For what? Put on Christ. For what? For as many of you as have been We talked about Hebrews 6 verse 1 to whatever. Yeah. And one of the things he talked about were baptisms. Yeah. And we said there were three baptisms. Okay? Alright. What are the three baptisms? Baptism by water, baptism in the Holy Ghost, and baptism what? See that? Verse 27. The third one is baptism into Christ. So the first one was baptism into what? Water. Who did that for you? Maybe your pastor. Maybe some brother or sister in church. Baptized you into water. Now the second one was baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? Who did that for you? Who did that? God did that. Jesus did that. The Bible said, Jesus, Peter said, Jesus shed forth this. Is that not so? While Peter was speaking to them, what happened to them? The Holy Ghost did what? Came on them. Is that not so? Who did it? Was it Peter? So Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. And then finally, the Holy Ghost baptizes you into Christ. After you become a Christian, you're born again, you get baptized into water. Then you receive the Holy Ghost. The next, the last thing that must happen in your Christian life is you must be baptized into Christ. At that point, you are no longer Jew no Gentile. So let's look at verse 27 again. Remember where we started from this morning. We started off this morning from what? We read something about a person who was saying um, to his girlfriend, don't let this sort of people come to my business. Right? And I said, well, you all are angry at that. Very good. But you allow it in the church. Is that also? That was what tells my I said, oh, you are, but it happens in the church. Right? That you have Korean church. You have white church, you have black American church, you have African church, and even among Africans, you got Yoruba, you got Igbo, you have... I mean, there's so many that I probably don't know. I'm sure there are many you guys know that I don't know. Huh? And I said, oh, you're angry at that one. What about in our own church? Okay, so that's where we started, right? And so we began to say, okay, what does God think about this, right? And so we went to the book of Deuteronomy, and we went to the book of, uh, I think, Numbers. We read about Moses' sister, how she spoke against him because he married a foreign woman, right? And we talked about how God was angry, not because people were foreign, but because they worshipped other gods. Whether it was to destroy their gods, or whether it was to eventually destroy them, it was all because of their religion. So it's all about, you know, faith. And we talked about how these idols of today that God is concerned about are not so much physical idols you like see the statue of the Buddha or whatever, but that images that we have created in our mind, we have made them idols. Then we said there were in the New Testament 
that the Hebrew Christians and the Greek Christians had a falling out over discrimination. Yeah. And that the elders of the church didn't put their head in the ground like an ostrich and pretend it didn't exist. They addressed it squarely and raised up seven people who would take care of that on a consistent basis to make sure such a thing never, you know, came up again. Alright, so we have taken our leave from that and I said based on that, as a minister, I feel obligated to address that issue. But now, how do we deal with it going forward? I said, number one, the world has that problem and we brought it from the world into the church when we became born again. Okay? We know that because we saw it in the book of Acts happening to who? Christians. Now, there were Christians, they were born again. I assume they had been baptized in water by the apostles and the elders, but they were still what? Greek and Hebrew. They were still black, they were still white, they were still Asians. They were not yet neither Greek nor Gentile. And I said, then the Holy Ghost came, and that the Holy Ghost, while yes, there have been events where somebody puts his hands on you and says, receive the Holy Ghost, but that is not the person giving you the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus giving you the Holy Ghost. The reason is because we have many records of people just standing and the Holy Ghost coming on them with nobody doing it for them. So we say that Jesus is the agency. So let's let me explain that. So okay, let's one more scripture. Let's go to the book of John chapter four. John chapter four. We all know the number three is God's number for completion, right? Alright. Verse one John chapter four, verse one and two. I'll read. John chapter four, verse one and two. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and what? Baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized what? No one. Now, I have a question for you. If there are all these thousands of people needing baptism, wouldn't you expect Jesus to give a hand? Didn't he preach to 5,000 people, not including women and children? <laughs> huh? Don't you think he would have given a hand? Oh, let me help baptize. Why would Jesus stand aside while the baptisms were taking place? No, ask yourself, why? And why did the Bible find it necessary to warn us not to tell anybody that Jesus baptized anybody? Because he did not. <laughs> because he has his own kind of, he has his own kind of baptism that he does. You and I baptize people into water in the natural word, but Jesus gives them the rema of that word. Amen? The Holy Ghost makes that word flesh in their lives. That's the third baptism. That is when you are in Christ. When you are in Christ, you are no longer a man or a woman. Amen? That's why the Bible says in the church, let the women keep what? Silent. But in Christ, there is neither what? Male nor female. So when the church is operating on a carnal level, then we know who is black and who is white, who is rich and who is poor. Huh? But when we are operating on a spiritual level, we do not see any of that. We are operating on a frequency in Christ. So that's why Paul says, for, Paul says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ. He didn't say all of you have. He said for as many of you that have what? Been. Because some have been and others have not. We're all born again. We're all speaking in tongues. We're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Whatever it is. But it don't mean anything. Because until you are baptized into Christ, you cannot really say that you are in Christ. Yes, you have Christ in you. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of what? What is glory? Glory is you in Christ. <laughs> That's what glory is. Christ is the glory. And you in Him, I have the glory in me. Paul said, we carry this glory in what? Earthen vessels. <laughs> huh? Bible says, when death will be swallowed up by life, we shall be what? Changed. Right now, you and I go in and out of Christ. Do you agree? Now, there's some of us who have never even been in Christ. I'll say that again. There's some of us who have never ever even been in Christ. But most, some of us go in and out. But eventually, if we overcome, we will no longer go, what? In and out. We will become what? Pillars. Where? The in the temple of God. Amen. Praise God. Alright, so everything has a symbolism. When finally the word of God becomes your nature, you will no longer go in and out. You will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You'll be transformed. But right now there's the process, the work of the Holy Ghost that he's trying to do in us. 
your job, for example, if you, you always, you know, when you have to go see the dentist, doesn't he always send you something in the mail? Your appointment is next month. You know, you start wishing God will come before next month, right? Because you've got a dental appointment to go for, right? But if you don't go to the dentist, how can the dentist work on you? Amen. So people keep away from the word of God. How can the word of God come to you? Remember, I said to you, when do people baptize you in water, right? Naturally. And everybody should be baptized in water. It's not, you know, it's not, there's no, how would I put Some people say, you know, that's Old Testament way of thinking. No, all that's New Testament. The Ethiopian, you know, remember, he, Philip preached to him and he said, look at water. Why not baptize me now? So we need to be baptized in water after we become Christian. But that water is symbolic of the immersion of your soul into the word of God. Amen. So you must at some point in time have someone speak the word of God to you. But the word that has power is the one that is spoken by the Holy Ghost himself. Either through a person or directly to you by himself. We call that what? The Rema. Is that not so? You receive the Rema. But even that is not the ultimate of God. The ultimate of God is that you become the Word. You see that? No, the Word became flesh. But the purpose of God is that flesh might become the Word. You see that? You see that? So as we're drawing close to Him, He's drawing close to us. The Word became flesh, flesh will become the Word. The Word became flesh, and flesh will become the Word. We shall be what? Like Him. That's the purpose of your faith. But in the interim, God has placed the Holy Ghost and other men and women to work on you. So Paul says, we are co-laborers with who? The Holy Ghost. Doing what? Laboring on who? On us. Do you understand? On us. Why? Because the Bible says the whole body is built up by what? That which every joint supplies. Praise God. I might be the preacher here talking and everything, but there are aspects of my life that need correction. You might see that and say, oh, Brother Mike, I need to speak with you. Um, and, you know, and you say, well, I want to, you have to show some respect. Say, oh, as a man of God, I, I, I don't want to hate you. Mike, come here. Something about your life I don't like. Right away, God is upset with you. You saw what happened to Aaron's sister, or Moses' sister. She could have come and said, Moses, you told us God said we shouldn't marry foreign women. Don't be upset, but what's going on here? Is that not so? You saw when the people told God they were tired of eating the manna, they wanted to eat real meat, right? Was there anything wrong with what they wanted? No. They could have come to Moses and said, Moses, we want to thank God for what he has done for us. Man, life in Egypt was, man, that place was hell. But you know, Ever since we came out, all we've been doing is eating this thing like coriander seed, this wafer thing, you know. Is it possible? We don't want God to be upset. We're just asking that if God can do, you know, God has done all kinds of miracles. If he will do a miracle so we can eat, you know, meat so our children, but, if, but let the Lord not be burdened. Couldn't you come that way? You think God will be angry? No. And the Bible said God gave them the meat. They didn't even stop to say, thank you, Jesus. The Bible says they jumped on it and began to eat. And they choked on it. Huh? You pray to God for a blessing. You receive the blessing. And what happens? You begin to choke on it. Not that the blessings are bad. But the attitude is wrong. Amen. That's why the Bible says, you know what? Rebuke not an older man. What? Sharply. But entreat him as what? A father. There are many great ministers that I completely disagree with. And if I'm talking to you about them, you think if I see them, I'll jack them by the collar. But when I say, I say, yes, sir, sir, sir. Because I know when these men began to serve God, I was in the bar or the pub somewhere. Is that not so? I didn't know God. Do you understand? But I still will deliver the word of God to them respectfully. Do you understand? The, these are what the Bible refers to them as dignitaries. <laughs> Do you know that? But I said, the Bible, Paul referred to them as dignitaries. Okay? Or is it Jude? Jude refers to them as dignitaries. Alright? Even fallen angels. Even fallen angels. 
You read the Bible. It says, it says, these speak stupidly. Speaking of whatever dignitaries. And all he's talking about there are fallen angels. Yeah, things they know not of. These are powerful beings. You can't take these guys on. The only reason you can withstand them is because of Jesus. But anyway, we digress too much. Praise God. I'm going to stop here, you know, I'm going to stop here right now. But if there's anything, you know, I've talked about that, you know, you want to, if I saw Sister Net, you had raised your hands up, you know, you had a question, or brother, you have a question, anybody has any question, I'll answer it before I, and we can sit down. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay, so I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, do I order? You can always go. Okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels. That you can get us through, like I mentioned, um, Apple's iTunes. I met Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other medium like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we'll be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay? In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going, okay? So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.